I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. As you can tell by the enthusiasm of my voice, I am prepped and ready to go. Um, tough week last week for the BMW PGA Championship for obvious reasons. Obviously losing the Queen on Friday, uh, halted play and, and, and made that a 54-hole event and sport generally shut down apart from the golf. So interesting stance at the golf even went ahead. Um, or that football didn't, depending on which way you you want to look at it. Um, I'd probably sit on the thing of football not doing it, which is a bit weird, but then I think it was policing and things like that. So um, a lot of things going on at the Wentworth. Do you think you have to throw a bit of that out because of the loss of one round and things like that? Like, is there people that you'll give a bit of a pass to with their finishing results and stuff? Well, early on Sunday, yes, I, I, I put in an asterisk by the result, but yeah. let me know I mean, came to what, the fore in the end, didn't it? Wow! What, what honestly, it was it was awesome. Um, I mean, I wish it had been, you know, reasonably receptive because I think that would have destroyed them all. But yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, you can't. How can you knock it? You know, Larry beats McElroy and Rahm. I mean, it's it's brilliant. And then you had that little bit where you know Patrick Reed came through, one of the live players. Everyone was wondering what the interview was going to be like. <laughs> Nick Doty obviously didn't mention it at all, nor did Reed. Fair play to him. He could have had a little bit of a dig if he wanted. Yeah. Um, Taylor Gooch with just oh, brilliant. Hmm. Um, I've never thought Taylor Gooch was brilliant. I thought he was all right. I thought he was brilliant uh, on Sunday. Um, Ovland again losing um, a chance to win. Yeah. Great. The greater player as he is. Um, I think there was a tweet earlier that said exactly the same. You know, he lost strokes off the tee the last three times he's been in contention. Um, so that's slightly concerning, and, and yeah, you know, there, there were some eye catches. I thought Billy Horshaw played fantastically. He just got done by a couple of holes on Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I, you know, if you if you were out of position, you were stuffed. Yeah, and that's what a golf course should be. It's very much like we're coming up soon to Valderrama. Um, very much the same, you know. If you're out of position, you, you're going to struggle. Um, obviously, not as difficult. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. Should Rory have won? Yep, Rory yeah. should have won. Um, he didn't, and it's, as much as he's, you know, the star of European, as much as he is, I think the best player in the world. Um, he simply doesn't win enough. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because like when you look at how he missed that putt on the final hole, so everyone's going to point to that as being like really, really unfortunate. But he shouldn't have even have to have made eagle to get in the playoffs, should he? Like he's left himself too much to do on that final hole. He's never equaled that hole in his career on Wentworth, which I thought was a bit strange. Um, so like, ju- just had too much to do, which is not something that Rory McIlroy should have to do. He should have been a bit more comfortable. I definitely take the point on uh, on Hovland. He looked completely lost off the tee, and um, I actually think he's a decent pick for this week, just because there's a bit more forgiveness in terms of the mm. golf course um but like you could hear it in his voice like he had no idea why it was happening and that's always he's like what is going on with my swing and i'm like well <laughs> that's, that's not what you want to be asking yourself on the back nine with a chance to win um the tournament i, I was really taken back by the emotion of shane larry uh not in a bad like not like not that he shouldn't be like i think it's great but like major champion and he just seemed so like 
overwhelmed by yeah. winning the BMW. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's great. It's it's a nice thing to see. But he kind of acted like he'd never won before, which I thought was a bit odd. Uh, yeah, I I think you're right. Uh, absolutely massive tournament, but there was clearly more behind it hmm. um, than we think. But he was also, I mean, bogey free. Um, he was he was exceptional, and it is a great. You know, he has been playing fantastic golf. Um, he's been playing well for a long, long time now, and and really, again, he's another one that really should be winning more than he does. Uh, um, it was it was superb effort. Yeah, you know, you know how can you knock it? Um, I love the fact that he, um, you know, he gets on really well with Rory and, and whatever. And I think they were out or something, or they, you know, they had a drink together and then pod one last night and tried to phone Lowry. <laughs> yeah, didn't get an answer to it. He, he never misses her calls. That's because he's fucking sitting on the floor spewing up. <laughs> but um, having said that, did you see the Harold Varner picture? I saw something about Harold Varner, but not. I but... don't know. I don't know if it's out of context or whatever. But okay, um, he looks drunk to me. Anyway, was he at college football uh, or something? I, 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 it's, I'm so, sorry to my Americans, but I have no idea what goes on there. Sometimes <laughs> I, I don't understand some of the words I read, um, so I can't answer that. Uh, but he, he was he was he was having a good time anyway. Yeah, um, well, that sounds like Harold. Uh, um, but yeah, as I say, as I say, he was brilliant. He was, you know, you could say that Larry doesn't win as many as he probably should. Yeah. Um, you look at him and the way he strikes a ball and tee green every single time. You'd go, yeah, he's going to win two a year. You know, two out of 22 tournaments or something is, you know, it's not a lot, is it, um, for, for players of that quality? But there we are. Life's hard, isn't it? I think the thing with him is, like, I guess if he stayed on the European Tour and just played that, he'd obviously win those couple of events a year or whatever. And he's obviously challenged himself in upper echelons every week. And I think what it does is it kind of points out the depth for the PJ Tour. Like, he's been so consistent on there and definitely should have won. Like, should have won Honda, should have won a couple of others or at least contended a bit better than he did, like at some of the other events this year, and didn't. Um, but his ball striking was some of the best we've seen all year, like all career for Lowry. And I think it sort of highlights how good the PJ Tour is because he comes back here and he definitively looks, you know, top class, didn't he? And, you know, I, I think we kind of spoke to the point that he's the most consistent here, and I was just a little bit worried about his upside in terms of winning it, but he did it and that was it. Well, so. Yeah. Well, there we are. I mean, you know, as obvious as it might be, you've got Lowry, McElroy, Rahm, Taylor Gooch, Thomas Dietrich, who's just qualified. Yeah. Hovland over there. Um, Patrick Reed, Billy Allshaw. Um, mm. it's, it's clearly a, a golf, isn't there? We, we, we said, didn't we? We said that, you know, Wentworth rewards the people that are in the best form or the best players, and, and that was it. And it played that way. We didn't necessarily get the right ones. But, you know, I think I think both Horschel, definitely Horschel, uh, could have, you know, done something with that extra round. So, um is what it is. Frank yeah. Frankie's gone back to not being the 2018 Frankie Molinari, but the 2012 Molinari that couldn't make a putt after missing what was like a four foot eagle putt on 12 yesterday and breaking my heart. Um, but you know, he he uh, started the day off with two bogeys and, and put himself out of it really in the end way. But it's um, yeah, interesting. It was a really good event. It was really good considering the circumstances, considering all the noise from the live stuff and all that sort of thing. Like. I thought it went down really well and we got all the players that you want to see at the top of a leaderboard. And I, I think, you know, I don't really know what the crowd behaviour was like because I think Paul's got a couple of boos and things like that. But, like, I think that Wentworth crowd benefits from Taylor Gooch and Patrick Reed and Answer and that all being in there, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it depends how you want to look at it. If you want to make a big thing about it, 
you know, you can. Um, you know, Larry in his interview after said that he's not quite, <coughs> he doesn't face me doing it as much as Rory does, but he feels the same way. Yeah, yeah whatever. You know, um, I'm not going to get involved in it. No, I'm not. I will just say that catching the eye down at uh, just outside the top 30 was uh, Johansson. Um, who plays in the Challenge Tour this week and is probably going to be the same price as Rory, yeah. as I would imagine. Double him up um, if you like it. Yeah. Anyway. He's brilliant, isn't he, Johansson? He, he looks very, very good. Um, yeah, like it a lot. Let's go on to the Italian Open. Um, Rory McIlroy, a 4-1 to favourite. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, 10-1. to Victor Hovland, 12-1. to We'll just stop there because it's a very definitive gap after that. Rory McIlroy is obviously a big threat, Jace. Then that's why he's four to one. That's it. He's got room off the tee this this week. Um, you look back like I mean, it's funny how um, although the Italian courses vary, you do get repeat form, yeah. uh, which I thought was fascinating. But I mean, you look back, you know, Nikolai Hogard and um, uh, Adrian Moronk last year, um, Tommy, um, and and you look at it and you go, you know what I mean, Roy McIlroy's got their game plus. Plus a bit. <laughs> Plus a, a lot more. And yeah, um, yeah if, if he's up for it, I, 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 don't know how, I don't know how he gets beat. But, mm. you know, they do, and he has and plenty of times. And that is, yes, it's, he, he's got, if you're playing eight places, you're playing for seven. If you're playing six places, you're playing for five, because there's no way in a million years he's out of it. It's, I wonder what the, someone out there has got this information like, how many times are, single-digit golfer not named Tiger Woods wins golf tournaments uh, over the last 10 years or whatever. Um, oh, I will back him. Yeah. I, I wonder what that is like, but it, it's very hard to look past him. I thought it was easier to look past Fitzpatrick. I wasn't particularly impressed with him last yeah. week in the end. Um, and then Victor Hovland, like I said, at the top of the show, I kind of think is a decent, like, three times the price of Rory and got a bit of Rory off the tee. I think that was... Uh, I think that's a decent enough price. If you're if you're a long-term believer in Victor Hovland and and think he wins more than potentially it looks like he can do at the moment with the with the fine round stuff, then uh, yeah, I would back Victor Hovland. But I am not going to. Disappointed, Jace, with Frankie Molinari's price. I thought we might still get a little bit of a number on him, maybe a thirty-five or a forty. Uh, I know it's I know it's the Italian Open. I know he finished tenth or whatever he was last week, or but. 20 to 1 was a bit of a short one up, wasn't it? Would you just, I mean, where was he in comparison with Moronk and Zanotti? He'd done me half a favour last week. Well, Zanotti was 100 to 1 and and he was 80, wasn't he? So I guess it's about right. But it just, it just to me, it just seems a bit like it's just baked into the Italian Open, isn't it? I guess. And just, I don't necessarily think this is the best Italian Open golf course for him because I think it's rewards those bombers and, and top scramblers as opposed yeah, to yeah, yeah. The, the more classical test. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So in different reasons, you know, I can't, you can't bet raw. I mean, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> you only bet a three to one. Wow. Um, blimey, that is Tiger Woods territory now. That's, that's, I've never, I don't remember play going a three to one the full field event did, did Sergio or Ram went off wow. four to one or something at that Valderrama or somewhere like that didn't they recently yeah it's playing somewhere yeah yeah um, but I've well I've not seen three but anyway um relative in it yeah Molinari's a major winner isn't he yeah um it's really difficult Till Hatton's in there isn't he and, and if anybody saw that little mini clip that's hilarious 
Have you seen it? You must no, have seen it. Where ball? he's dropping, drops, he drops the ball. Yeah. It's on, it's on Twitter. He drops the ball and um, it goes in the worst lie than he had. And he goes, that's just what a day. He goes, I can't even drop the ball from one foot and get a lie. Um, <laughs> and, and then no wonder it's all going wrong. I say like that's absolutely. Put Till Hatton and Jordan Spieth in a pairing and get them on the mic because <laughs> just awesome stuff. Awesome. But anyway, um, no, I wouldn't make any of them at that price. But again, it, like last week, don't surprise me if they win. But I, I'd rather take a chance this week. I think. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think if Rory's not up for it, I'm not convinced that, as you say, Fitz, Hovland, Hatton, or Molinari are, are that convincing. No, I think I think what we've got is a really star-studded event that just bakes out the price for everybody else that, that we really appreciate. So um, I think we've got to be scared of Rory McIlroy, because that's why he's 3-1 in a place. But, um, you know, that, that's, we're not breaking news there. But uh, I thought Moronk was decently interesting at 33-1 after his charge here last year, but he's not been the same player since he won. Uh, might just need a reset going into the new season, maybe. I know it's a decently long time away. Maybe he comes back to life in the Middle East towards the end of the year. I don't know. Uh, Zanotti, I'm just not going to be back in a 33 to one to to win a golf tournament. Um, so then you've got this real plethora of players here. Um, I'll, I'll read them out: Robert McIntyre, 50; Kirk Kitayama, 50; Mansell, 50; uh, Mimou Lee, 50 in a place; Rasmus Hoygaard, 55; Jordan Smith, 55; Antoine Rosner, 60. I think that's probably enough players in that one foul sweep of uh, breath. Mimou Lee, Jace, was probably one that I think we're both going to go to. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, again, it's it's based on, uh, I mean, to be honest, it's not based on stats, which no. is a bit weird, because that's what we've been doing, that's what we've been doing all year, um, with with reasonable success, to be honest with you. Yes, yeah. Um, so that is a concern that I've gone off that, but it, it just is the, he's the type of player um, that you look at it and you go, he just fits in with, with last year's result. Um, I, my only worry, look, last year, I think uh, Hogard uh, off the tee was first, I think, um, it was fifth of driving distance. Greens and Reggie was 13. Minwoo Lee on the right day, and you are have them pick the right day, um, is is up there with you know some of the best. My worry is, is he just a big time player? You know his best results for a while have been 14th at Augusta, 21st at St Andrews. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, I was exactly at the, the end same. of the day. Sorry, mate. He hit, he hit 62 last week in the second round. He was minus 10 after 15. Yeah, um, and he led here at halfway last year before fading away to 12. I, I, I just don't know whether he's bothered about um, winning events like this because he seems to just take take the tee and driver and just smack it and just worry about it after that rather than thinking about his game. But that's that's my view. Yeah, so I think that. Basically, I'm going off him, Tom. Sorry. <laughs> he basically had the same impression. That was why I had concerns over him. Then I kind of spoke it through with Sky just previously and, and kind of got to the point where I think I am going to back him. But, like, exactly the same concerns as you. Like, he doesn't seem to play anywhere else except for the big events. Not necessarily the type of profile of player I like because, you know, we see uh, McIntyre's done that in the past. We've seen Harry Higgs do that in the past. Like, I don't want people that just seem to get up for the biggest events. Like, but... He finished 26th, I think it was, at the Boise Open, where he was second after round one, seventh after round two. When you look on tour tips, like he had one bad round of 70 um, and, and kind of put himself out of that. Then you you already mentioned the 62 last week, which bounces back from a really you know poor 76 to open. It just... Then he's cracked. 
final day when everybody's making numbers. Right. You know? So I, I think I don't think the course was good for him last week. So I, I don't. I think the 62. I think we kind of say like those golf courses. There's there's players that are capable of hitting the lowest round of the day, and then there's and there's some that can just get through all four days like a Horschel, and he can't do that. But when you look 64, 68 to open last year, 16 first. It's fifth after 54 holes because he shoots at 71 and then just carries on falling and finishes 12th. Concern is that he might just hit the front and, and fade away. Um, I always wonder with him whether like he relishes those major weeks because he's sort of going up against normally a, a, either an upcoming uh, women's major or in a similar week um, and goes against his sister. And they just have this like Australian uh, camaraderie where he gets shown around the golf courses, I guess, in by Adam Scott and people like that. But... Um, I don't know. I, I think the price is pretty fair, and I don't think you're going to get 40 to one about Mimuli too often, or 50 to one about Mimuli too often on DP World Tour. So that's why I'd be tempted to put him in. Yeah, yeah 50 I'd be happy with. I'm not sure I'm, I would take much less. So cool. Um, that's, yeah, that's, interestingly, you mentioned Kitty Armour. I think somebody said it would have been a palp. Did yeah. 365 or 400? 400 to one to start, yeah. <laughs> it must have been a palp, to be honest, yeah, yeah. because there's no way in a million years you can make him. No, no, he yeah, he should have been 14. Someone's pushed the wrong button. Um, Sky basically couples Kitty Armour and Lucas Herbert together as the same sort of player, you know, yeah. driven by their driver. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, Herbert obviously playing really, really well in that BMW Championship. Kitty Armour did as well. I think Kitty Armour's more consistent, whereas Herbert maybe has more upside. So I, I kind of give the edge to Herbert, who's the bigger price at 66s over 50s, but. I didn't really go to either of them. I didn't go to Antoine Rosner, who I thought I might have done at 61, who just keeps just hitting it on a string. Um, so that, those are all kind of considerations for you. But you, you mentioned Masahiro Karamura earlier. It might have been before we started recording. Um, he was fifth on this golf course last year, and he's now just in a you know real return to form, 22nd or better in his last four starts. Um, you know, he won in Japan when he was kind of like 20, 21 years of age. He's a playoff loser on there on the same tour in 2018 as well. Lost the 2020 showdown to um, Cypress showdown to Robert McIntyre. I believe he can get himself in a mix, and I believe he can win. So I think when he starts to show this kind of return to form, his approaches weren't great last week, but generally speaking, has been hitting the ball well. I really like Masahiro Karamura. But if you... If you like him at 50-55, or if I like him at 50-55, I think Rosner and someone like that has got to be considered as well. It's a really tough... This is why this range, I think, once you've got that definitive gap between the top three, I think it becomes very, very hard to, to pick out. Yeah, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I do like Karen Muir. I mean, I was considering him last week, and in the end didn't, yeah. to my regret, because he did nick the top 20. Um, event form is good. I mean, it doesn't have to be course form, but... You look at um, Hogard, which has gone 16th and 1st, Morocco 22nd and 2nd, Laporta, uh, 734th, Sharma, uh, who's yeah, a short hitter, 7th and 12th. Yeah. yeah, see, that's the interesting. You know, you've got you've got short hitters do appear, but you, you've, the problem I've got is that you're not talking about short hitters beating, oh, I don't know, Hogard and Morocco. Nothing, there's anything wrong with them. You are talking about them having to beat Rory McElroy, yeah. Victor Hovland. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? And, and and that's that's the problem. If there's a weakness, and like Camuor is obviously um, quite short off the tee, playing brilliant, and and I'm happy to look at him for a place. But last week he was 150 to one, yeah. Um, and 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 prices for top ten and top twenty. Today's 50, so we're not going to get a lot top ten and top twenty. Um, 
I like his fall. Second Cypress works well with the other fella that I, I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, six at Raz, which uh, ties in very nicely with um, uh, the top two last year as well. So it's a different type of player, but I think I, me out and, and um, um, I think I might probably will back Caramel. But what price would you have him, and what price would you back him hmm. without the top lot? So if McElroy, Fitzpatrick, and Hovland weren't there, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at eight, eight, nineteen, nineteen, twenty-five, um, at forty-four. So you've got to take a lot of percentages off his price, and and you are asking him to beat them for you to get the fifty. Is he realistically going to beat the answer is no. So this is the thing, is I think you made a very good point that when short hitters contend on these golf courses, it's who they're coming up against. And, you know, some of these long hitters can get reckless with their driving and, and, and Victor Hoffman can certainly fit in that bill. But Rory McIlroy is, you know, tier, tier one, A1, whatever you want to call him, driver of the golf ball, isn't really going to make too many mistakes. And when he does, he's probably going to get away with it because he's going to miss big. Like... That's the concern. So are you just playing in a lot of places? That's why after Kawamura, I've basically gone into the hundreds and, and whatever, because I think that is the case. Like, do I think Rosner can beat Rory McIlroy if he finds a putter? Of course I do, but Rosner probably can't find a putter. Um, do I think that Lucas Herbert is a big-time player that he can go up against Rory McIlroy? Yes, I do, but it, it doesn't... Any of them can beat you know Rory on their given day. He's done it, we've seen it in the past, but trying to pre-pick that is very difficult. But but Herbert's done it on a big stage. Right. You know, he's done it in Dubai. Um, and the Irish Open. I'm talking myself out of plays that I picked earlier. <laughs> um, you know, which is, you know, that's that's not a bad thing to do on a Monday night because it's, you know. Well, right. I, so I, just... I think this event is one, and the Fortinet, which we'll come on to it shortly, is one where I think take your time with it. Like, we're obviously going to give you the players that we do like and the early prices and stuff like that. We will make selections at the end of the podcast, you know, definitively. But there is going to be some scattergun approach. There is going to be some talking ourselves in and out of people today because I think it's a loaded field with good prices because of what you've got at the top. And I think there's a lot to consider. So I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to say, like, hold your horses until Tuesday, Wednesday. Like I said to you over the weekend, I was amazed at the, 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 the field that this has got. Hmm. Um, fair play that it has. Um <coughs> But again, like you say, I just look at somebody like Karen Miura at the price, and then uh, when, you know we haven't reached the thing. I'm just going to bring him up. Somebody like um, John Catlin, or somebody like um, uh, somebody that I've now lost. Um, <laughs> is 150. Oh, Sean Crocker. Yeah. He's 150 to one. You know, is Karen Miura a third of the price of Sean Crocker to win this event? No. Is he a third of the price to place? No. Um, that's, that's, that's where I've gone. I'm, I'm talking myself out of everything here. I'll end up going to let, Tesco. Let, let, let's. Yeah, here we go. I mean, Kevin Muir's 34 seat of green this year, 18th off the tee. Fantastic. Yeah. But that's because we haven't got these the players playing. building that listing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. Adrianos and Callum Shinkman were two yeah. people you thought about as well. Yeah. What? Is Shinkwin? Is it about Shinkwin that he's just this? You know, his place with shrimp, doesn't it? Great driver of the golf ball, good iron player, um, and and Arnaus, I guess, is a bit more of a price play than, than anything else. 
Yeah, I mean, Sheik Win, I, I, I do like her. At the instant you look at last year's result, I think um, Sheik Win has to come into your mind. Um, you look at tour tips, they, they do adjust, uh, sort of strokes adjusted, don't they, depending on the quality of the field. Yeah. And he's 11th in the field in adjusted straight after the last eight starts. He's seventh off the tee this year. We know about that off Shane Quinn. <laughs> we know his problem. He can get it from tee to green. He's 25th, roughly, for tee to green this year. Um, we know his problem. He, he just, you know, sometimes on the greens, it goes a bit awry. Hmm. Um, last week, he actually lost tee to green, which is, like, extremely unusual for him. Uh, but again, it's, it's Wentworth and, it, you know, it was difficult and it doesn't suit everybody. Um, but he's got massive gains at, at you know the kazoo. I know he plays really well at both the kazoo events. Yeah. Um, last year I think he was fourth and third there, and then this year he's gone on. <coughs> excuse me, this year he's gone on sixteenth and won it. Um, I, I have no problem Shankwin contending uh, against the quality here, and I just think at a bigger price than somebody like Karimura, um, I'd be more prepared to take take the chance on. Uh, I've always thought he was great. Um, he's not as great as I thought he was going to be <laughs> at the moment, anyway. But relatively, yeah. That's, that's really, what is um, what we're looking at? Twenty-five points, thirty points bigger than Karamura. I, I don't see why he is, and I think this course suits down the ground. And if I saw his name up there in the top five, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I know again, yeah, absolutely. I know he's got back form, but his quality, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, he won at Raz uh, uh, when he won the Challenge Tour final, where he beat Victor Perez, um, who again should be better than he is, but isn't at the moment. Uh, again, that that fits in really, really nicely. Raz with um, course form of uh, Hogard and Moronk. Uh, third at Dubai Desert Classic again fits in with last year's winners. Um, he's got two top tens of DP Worlds. So we know his quality. Um, I mean, you, we always discuss players that drift when they're um, they're slightly out of form. Um, and Arnoush just appears to be one of them. I mean, everybody wanted to be on him. He doesn't look, don't be wrong, he doesn't look like he is in any form. Um, but, it, you know, at the beginning, sorry, at the end of August, he was top 10 uh, um, crowns with a 63, every, every round under 70. Yeah. When he missed the cut in Himmerland, it went 69-70. You can ignore Wentworth if you want. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. But he's got, you know, he's got the boom off the tee. He's got the attacking game that I think you need around here. 12th last year works absolutely fine for me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, 80 to 1. I'll, I'm happy to take the chance for there. And, and it's a place return that is worth doing, to be honest with you, as opposed to some of the others. Yeah, I think. I agree with that. Um, I, I did want to go on Eddie Pepperell, but I just, I don't know, it just feels like he's going to do that thing where he plays really, really well for five, six, seven weeks, doesn't get anything out of it really, and, and goes back into the abyss a little bit. Um, Andy Sullivan keeps showing signs. I don't think it's quite there yet. He's coming into a, a shorter price. It was crap over the weekend. Yeah. He was. It was disappointing. Um, I mean, Nikolai, I think, is showing a bit more form again and, and coming back yeah. to a course he obviously yeah. does like. Um, so the 80 to 1 about him could be could look pretty big uh, come the come the weekend. I mean, he was he third. No, that was Rasmus. It was third a couple of weeks ago in strokes can approach. But... You know, he has shown some form um, of late, I'm pretty sure. If we just go back to tour tips here, he had 29th three starts ago at the Crans. He, he shot a 64 in the third round, uh, was 12th going into the final day and, and finished 29th. Don't care that he was disappointing uh, at Wentworth. 
do care that he missed a cut at Himalayan, but shot a second round 66 to come back from 73. So whereas Rasmus has been more solid over the past two weeks and and maybe that makes him worthy of, of half the price, I do think Nikolai looks reasonably big at 80 to 1. Um, what about Guido? I, I know that's someone you kind of thought about earlier on. Caught the eye last week, didn't he? Yeah, made some eagles, didn't he? Um, yeah, no doubt, Sky's no doubt, Sky's on him this week. <laughs> yeah, um, you could have picked that. Probably my best, probably my best bet of the week that one. <laughs> nah. Um Yeah, caught the eye. He's, he's played okay. Last four starts, played absolutely fine. Um, nice attacking course for him. Uh, it worries me oh, yeah, that yeah. the ball striking is not quite there. I don't think for for Migliotti. If you look at if you look at him uh, in terms of approaching to green. Again, again, Tom, it's 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 in a normal Italian. Well, on a what I thought the Italian over was going to be this year. Yeah. Um, it's it's better than, and I just I just can't see it. You've got to you've got to be on your game. Um, I, I'm just worried about his yeah, as you say, his um, approach game isn't great. And uh, you're up against the best there is, so um, it'll be difficult. I think that's the thing. Like when with, with someone like uh, a Roy McIlroy, he basically has his B game, C game, even, and he contends. Um, and even if he makes mistakes down the stretch, they don't seem to be massive. Whereas a general Sunday leaderboard on DP World Tour is going to give you a lot of chances to get back into it. Um, we're, we're not going to see that this week. We've got Victor, we've got Rory, you've got Fitz. If, if you believe in him at the moment. Um, we've got those plethora of names you said from 40 to 60 to 1 so it does become more difficult and I think Guido whilst he is coming back and it's good to see I do think he's just a little bit off of contending um, Yeah, which is yeah. fine you know that's not, it, not a problem it wasn't I think the thing with Guido is when you look last week you know he, like, he wasn't great on the you know on the um, I, I'd look at the final two holes because I just think they're, they're a, a guide to how somebody's playing Yeah, and he wasn't great at them to be honest with you Um and I bet, like you say, there is plenty of things. He's got lovely um, home form, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, obviously loves it here. Oh, you can't back him all and, and lift him out. I, I think he, I could definitely see him being in the top ten, um, but others just appealed slightly more. But I, I, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'd say that there's one player who I think stands out to me as as arguably. I don't want to say the best bet of the week, but certainly in terms of odds, I thought Matthew Southgate was huge. Um, he's not a player that I particularly like when once we get away from Link's golf, but as the point you keep making, like this isn't the Italian Open necessarily as we know it. Um, it's not as technical as some of the Italian Opens have been in the past. When you look at his event form, he missed like four straight cuts in the Italian Open, then finished 34th in this one last year, and I just think that's a sign of maybe it's a little bit more of a suitable golf course. You then look at his ball striking numbers. I mean, they're they're absolutely like through the roof. Like he's 13th, 5th and 4th for the last three events in strokes gain approach, 22nd, 11th and 10th in tee to green. Um, still yet to obviously win on tour. And and we, we do have to note that he is a link specialist, but I, I just think it's a great prize for him. I think, I think he's playing well. I believe in him. I don't necessarily view him in the same way that I would a Richard Mansell who throws events away. Like, I think he's had his chances and he hasn't taken them, but, like, second at the Alfred Dunhill Links, second at the Irish Open, sixth at the Open, fourth at the Irish Open again. Like, it's all generally Links form. But then you've got France, fifth, Porsche European Open, second, Turkish, 11th. Like, he's, he's done it in some big events, and I just think 
he can he can he can step up to the big occasion and for some reason Matthew Southgate has caught fire ball striking and then when you do that I think at 100 to 1 eight places uh, or seven places sorry I think it's a fantastic price uh, on Southgate on a course that I think does give you a bit more room off the tee and and does play into his sort of strengths a bit more yeah Southgate is up for me <coughs> I think he wants absolute links but um yeah, it was just 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 eye catching, just the way you played like a Wentworth last week. Like really, to me, just not a suitable. Call. I know you you sort of mentioned on the show yeah. last week yeah. that you, you do see some links cross over, despite the fact it's not. But like mm. he he just two sixty sevens to finish after opening with a seventy. Every day he made an eagle on one of the par five, so he eagled uh, the fourth hole twice, then he eagled the twelfth yesterday. He made a double on eight on Sunday. And he made a double on three on Thursday, um, and that's basically taking him out of the running, like two holes. I know you can't just do that because there would have been other places he should have made up birdies. Like you mentioned, just you know, you see how people are playing. Like he he went par birdie on the first day, seventeen eighteen par par second day, par birdie third day. Like he probably should have taken more advantage of those par fives. But I just think there's just been a couple of holes at the cost Southgate, and he's on this like really a different type of run for him so I'm just interested to see if it, again it could just culminate into nothing um, but 110 to 1 I really liked him that's fun guys it's that time again to interrupt proceedings and tell you about our newest sponsor Athletic Greens Athletic Greens and their AG1 products have been a mainstay in my daily routine now for over the last few months and I'm certainly glad that I took advantage of this great product I started taking it because I needed more energy, I felt like my immune system had been compromised after a couple of years indoors, and I really didn't relish the thought of taking multiple pills and vitamins to combat that. So with one delicious scoop of AG1, you and I can absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. All of them are targeted at improving your gut health, the nervous and immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. Oh, and your aging, which, you know, you can't forget, AG1 targets all of the things you want to combat. This product has improved my digestion and is simple to take and factor into my day, which are two things that I put at the forefront of AG1's benefits. I've sent this to family and friends and they've only ever been complimentary about the product and I get to take it at home and on my commute, which really means it's an all-in-one solution for me. It's lifestyle friendly and no matter whether you're on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free diets, this product will suit and it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs or anything chemical or artificial. To get all the benefits you get from AG1, you'd have to shed out for multiple different supplements, whereas with this product, you can get everything you need for less than a cup of coffee. So for £3 or $3 a day, it's very affordable. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's what I use in my commute. So all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash LFW for lost for words to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, when you start getting into here, I think you know. I think most of these players were, were all playing for places anyway that, that we've really mentioned. You've got one more. I've got one more. I'll let you go first with Cabrera Bello that caught the eye last week. Yeah, I've only got, I've got well, I've got one and a half now because I didn't okay. realise that Henry Duplessis was playing. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if he is because half the price is missing and Saw Tips haven't got him. So I've no idea. But I had him down as uh, one of the top 10 in this event and crossed him out because I didn't think he was playing. 
So quickly mention him. He's eight. He's eighth off the tee and um, I think fifth or sixth tee to green for the season. Um, I know he's he's sort of had success on places that we're not allowed to talk about. He he's not um, on the entry list, is is what I would say. So. Oh right, how bizarre that he's on the in the prices then. Yeah, weird. Not not. Uh, anyway, I think he'd be worth looking at. Him out then anyway. Yeah. If he was um, play, so, if yeah, he was Rafa, playing, he'd like him. <laughs> If he's playing, I'd like him. And if he turns up in a field change, I'd like him as well. Um, the Rafa Cabrera, yeah, he really caught my eye last week. I thought he was superb at Weber, to be honest with you. Um, some of his approach play was outstanding, uh, which will fit this course absolutely perfectly. Um, I had no idea what price they'd put him in at, to be honest. Um, and I was a bit shocked to see him at 125. I would have gone more 66, 70. Mm. You've got form, obviously, in the, you know, as high a league as you can get. Um, once 16th in the world um, obviously nowhere near as consistent now um, but he's got the Dubai form he's got Dubai there's a classic form that all fits in with the previous um, leaderboard last year um, in terms of Italy he's, he's just got that fourth in the Italian Open um, in 2018 but that works I mean it was earlier in the season they used to have the Italian Open yeah. rather than you know this week um, I, he just really caught my eye when he was ninth now that could just be you know because of the golf course and it did suit a lot of people, but it's, it's higher grade overall. And I thought there would be more of a reaction than 125 to 1. Um, we know his quality. Um, you know, he never used to be able to win. Um, but, yeah, you know, he won in Spain. And, and yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of him this week at 125. I actually think he's the type that can, for some reason, um, he's the type that can stick around for a bit longer than some of the others. Um, who have proven to fade away. I'll take 120. And at 125, I'm happy to look at top 10 and top 20 with him. And he's probably, with Shankwin and Arnaus, probably the only three that I might look at in, in regards to that bet. So one of, one of the things that I find really interesting, you like Arnaus and Shankwin, his last two wins, playoff win over Callum Shankwin at the Scottish Open, playoff win over Adrian Arnaus in Spain. Like, if you like those two players, there uh, then... I'll get more of a form line. You, you? you can't. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I just think, and he beat, uh, he lost in a playoff to Gregory, no, to uh, Fabrizio Zanotti, who will have his backers as well. So, yeah. you know, it, it, interesting enough, he just fits a lot of stuff. And t- to your point, I think I didn't really necessarily fancy him, but I do agree that his prize doesn't really reflect the showing from last week. Like, I think people. They must. It must be viewed as like it's not. He doesn't show up in a model, so it doesn't really go into his price, um, yeah. which is fine. Um, but what was it driven by last week as to why he played well? He was third in tee to green, and he was sixth in approach. Like you could, that's yeah, a you hell of a tee to green this week. You're going to get an awful lot of chances. Yeah, and that's a hell of a like opening week to come into it, and then gets a, an easier golf course. I think. I think it speaks volumes when someone when you come from Wentworth to this event, then get an easier golf course while still being able to carry over the ball strike and it'd be really, really exciting. So that's why I like Southgate, that's why you would potentially like Bellow as well, and it seems like you do like Bellow. Um so yeah, I, I like that. I think that's a, a good point well made. Um Mikko Korhonen for me. Um probably someone who I've not really focused on and not really taken into account. He made before missing that cut of Wentworth. He'd made 12 straight cuts and he posted five top 15 finishes in that span. And that was over a decent period of time. Like he's quite lightly run. Uh, but he was eighth on this course last year. 
Uh, he's got three more top 25s in the Italian Open in general. Um, I just thought that was a, a reasonably big price on someone that has been very, very steady for clearly a long time now. Um, yes, he missed the cut last week. He was fourth here after 54 holes last year. He was two behind uh, Nikolai Hoygaard going into the final day. Um, and he just went backwards and shot a 73 and finished inside the top eight still. Like, yes, that is probably Mikko Korhonen to a T. Yes, it took him until 2018 and 2019 to get his first two victories, and they weren't in the highest of grade. Um, but I think he's a great player. I think he's a, he's a really steady player. He's someone which, you know, is sort of highlighted by the fact he made 12 cuts in a row. Um, China Open is, is a definitely a better win than the Shot Clock Masters. Um, but he dominated that shot cross masters. He won by six strokes. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he was a decent price. I think the, the ball striking's been good. I think the, the Italian form is good. Um, yes, he missed the cut, but so be it. I, I, I think there's certain things you can you can forgive, and a missed cut of Wentworth is one of them. Like We see the best in the world miscuts there. So um, I'm happy with Mikko Korhonen. I will give a little bit of a nod to Olison. I think it's a decent price. Tom Lewis, I think, is a decent price. Um, but other than them being a decent price, I don't think there's much to really go on for them. Um, I said that about Lewis a couple of starts going to play well. So I think Lewis can pop up at some point. But any others for you? Nah, not really, to be honest. With you. I mean, you know, things like Francisco Laporta. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's loads of them. But around that, um, I, I did think that... Um, as I say, Rafael Cabrera Bayo on that last week was uh, definitely worth looking at. If it's if it you know if it's big enough that you you can get away with just smashing it anywhere, Tapio Paul Cannon was mm. unlucky a couple of weeks ago. Well, unlucky, just good enough really. Um, but, but can you know can I see him? Lucas Nemec is he's shown up really really well on ball striking figures. Um, I've been saying that for quite a long time now. Mm. But can I really can I see him? I'd, I'd, be honest, I'd be amazed if if the top if two of the top three are trying then I'd, I'd be stunned I think we are playing for five places really so I'm, I'm happy at the prices I've got the others no I like that let's go over to the Fortinet Championship we're back to the first event of the new PGA Tour season we had such a big off season it's uh, such a surprise to get back to the PGA Tour um, Hideki Matsuyama 16 to 1 favourite alongside Max Homer, generally both of them about 14 or 12s in some places. Corey Connors, 18 to 1. Uh, and then you've got Maverick McNeely at 28. Sahith Vigada at 30s. Taylor Pendrith at 30s. And I'll stop there on purpose. Um, I didn't fancy any of the top lot, really. Like I, I can see why they're the prices they are. Hideki's obviously the class of the field. Uh, played okay uh, in his last couple of starts, but not playing to the 14, 16 to 1 standard that I wanted to play to. Max Homer, similar. Uh, I know he's improved uh, after a bit of a tough spell and, and obviously won here, but wasn't for me. And then Corey Connors, I just don't necessarily back at 18 to 1. So that was my very quick uh, breakdown of those top three. Yeah, I think um, everyone was expecting Matsuyama to be declared a lift player after the they were. Tour Championship. Yeah. And uh, that didn't happen. Um <coughs> Homer's at Homer is your typical classic course player, um, and uh, yeah, full respect to him. But like you say, I mean, it's it's I can't back him at sixteen. Um, Corey Connors is the one that stood out on my list uh, of the top lot for very obvious reasons. 
you know, he's top five in uh, title driving, top five greens, top 15 tee to green. Everything about him suggests that he will get this ball round very, very tidily. But, yeah, like you say, 18-1 is, is... I remember when um, somebody on the Mayo show, I can't remember, one of the Mayo outlets was absolutely wetting themselves when Corey Connors sort of started going down to 25s and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, last year, yeah. uh, but to be honest with you, you look at his run of form. It's actually it really is excellent. Um, you, you can't knock him. Um, I just, but he's got to win at that price, hasn't he? And, and that's not for me. There's just no room for the typical no, Corey Connors error, is it? And and that's absolutely fine. Like I, I think again, do you see Corey Connors being inside the top eight? Of course you do. So if you if you want to play down that lines and and have a safer bet, if you want to go to fancy and have someone from the top, I think Corey Connors is the safest. I think. Homer's a lot more volatile. I think, you know, the California angle obviously suited him. And, and I think it's like four of the last six renewals have gone to Californians. If I did my uh, maps correctly, it was Brendan Steele twice, um, Cameron Champ once, and I can't remember who the other one was now, um, that, that hailed from California over the last six starts here. Um, but anyway, it to me, like that just helps um, Max Homer. When you look at his record in California golf courses, it's very, very good. Um, so it makes sense that he'd play well here. The four of the six was Brendan Steele twice, by the way, so that's why I was racking my brain for the other person. Um, Maverick McNeely was obviously second here last year. He's also a California player. Uh, makes a lot of sense playing well. Uh, but again, I just I just skipped past this like I did in, um, in Europe, really. And the first name you sort of came across was Cameron Davis. Yeah, I, I think Davis himself really I must be honest with you I thought I thought 33 to 1 um, I thought that was very very fair I mean looks to be going slightly on a cut you know couple of the plays that, I mean 28 to 1 8 places yeah I think that's very fair in this field hmm. to be perfectly honest with you I mean there's not a lot really to say um, 17th and 36 here out of uh, four tries um, his run of form's great um, but I mean how many is it now 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 10 in a row that he's made the cut Go back to the PGA back in May. Um, John Deere was eight. Brad Gilles Tacuda six. I mean, this is not a good event. I shouldn't say it's not a good event. But it hasn't got any real stars. No superstars. Is there? There's no one that you're worried about, is there? Like, I'm not I'm not even worried about Matt Tiana. I know I said he's a class of the field, but... Not at the moment. If he was there on a Sunday, I wouldn't necessarily think he can't be beaten. No, 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 that's right. Um, he was... Uh, where are we? Where am I writing down here? Um <laughs> Yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, 13th, 14th, you know, you see it's St. Jude, Rocket Mortgage, 16th at the 3M. Everything's just flowing very, very nicely for him. Massive hitter off the tee, um, which might help around here. Ah, um, oh, no, 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 where am I? Sorry, wrong person. Oh, <laughs> no, I am right, it's fine. You are right. right. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, if, if, you're, if you're wrong, again. I'm wrong again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Start again, right? So, uh, Runner form was absolutely great, but I'll come to the other bloke in a minute. Um, third at the Amex, uh, he was uh, behind Siwoo Kim and Cantley, who both um, do reasonably well around this sort of course. Finau has obviously got uh, form around here, so that seems to fit. Overall, over a three-month period, 16th in ball striking, uh, 31st in green, second in birdie conversion, 28th in par five, which will help. Um, he just looks solid to me. I, I think you're going to get a run with him and... Uh, yeah, sorry about talking about Cameron Chamber, and I'm supposed to be talking about Cam Davis. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's just again, it's just solid. There's nothing I can't say. There's nothing like um, 
you know, when we had people like JT Poston last year or anything, where I think, or Homer indeed yeah. last year, where we say, like, I really fancy him. I just think of the top lot. Um, you know, Pendrith, I think, Pendrith, I think, is slightly short for him. Um, I think it's too Figala, short. Figala, yeah. I think, will definitely win this year, uh, but I'm not convinced this will be the place. And therefore, I've landed on Cameron Davis. Yeah, I think I think Arla Pendriff and Riley are there on name value, and Cameron Davis is there on merit. Um, that's not to say the others aren't playing well. I think Pendriff's obviously playing well. I think that the upside on Thigala and Riley is very good, but I think they're just they're the next best ones that people want to be on for their first win. A bit like the Zelatoris, a bit like all the others, and you know you, you have to take the number to to do that. So uh, yeah, I like Cameron Davis. I I do like Emiliano Grillo who we spent a decent period of time sort of moaning about and saying that he was too short a lot and all that sort of stuff. Then he went out to fancy prices and we kept trying to catch him, or I kept trying to catch him in three-digit prices early this season when he sort of showed some life. Now I'm asked to take 40-1, to but two runner-up finishes in his last five starts at the John Deere and the 3M. Showed promise in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He was 31st at the St. Jude, but he was 9th at the halfway stage, according to store tips. And then 19th for the BMW, where he opened and closed with really strong rounds. And to me, like he won this event on his course debut in 2015. Two years later, he was 5th after 54 holes, but fell to 28th. Missed a cut in 2019 and 2021, when he wasn't in the best of form. But again, 2020, he was 29th and was sitting in 7th place after 54 holes. So... Clearly a very, very comfortable place for him. Obviously likes coming to wine country. Obviously likes coming back to the place he won that first event. Um, ranking inside the top seven in tee screen over the past 15 weeks. I just really like Grillo to, to go well. I think, yes, you're asking to take a prize because of the course form and the fact that he's won here in the past. But in a in a field full of unknowns and, and one, that's the beauty of this event. And two, that's the hard part of this event. Um, I thought someone that we know what he's like is 41. Yeah, absolutely. He was superb when um, uh, Poston won yeah. John Deere. I mean, you know, you knew that he was not going to go and do it. In similar way that you knew, um, it reminded me so much of a lot when Bradley got beat by Sam Burns. Yeah. Um, you just knew of the two that, that the one that's going to crack would be Grio. Hmm. Um, but he, he, he was superb. Yeah, and he was great at 3M when, again, he could have, should have, whatever you want to say, won. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a tournament he really should be contending at. It, it, you know, you look at the season, you think where can Emiliano Grillo win if you if you do believe he can do it again? And this is one of probably four or five events, isn't it? Um, you know, never outside the top three at the 3M Open, second place after you know in each of the last three rounds, um, was 19th to open a John Deere, and then went third, second, second uh, in terms of rounds. So. You look at it like over his last four events, he's spent a lot of time inside the top ten. Uh, I just, I just really like what he's doing. I know the price is a little bit short, but someone on that same vein, uh, Jace, who who likes his golf course, who likes these types of events, who's striking the ball very, very well, uh, Brendan Steele. Yeah, <coughs> again, he's two-time winner, so he's not hard to look. But oh. um, when I was, I, I've done my final twenty or something like that of, of players. Um, over the season, and obviously, you know, people like John Rahm and Zandra are playing, um, and you eventually come down to him, and Brendan still ranks second behind Corey Connors. Um, I can't back Connors at eighteen to one; as we discussed, despite his claims. So yeah, Brendan Steele. Now you, you talk about Brendan Steele, and you think, really? You, you just think of somebody that plays very, very lower grade golf, really, um, decently enough, 
for nothing. But you look at what you know. You actually look at what he's doing, and he's he's playing a damn sight better than people think. Yeah. He's a pure classic. He's a classic course player, which is what you want here. When you look at the previous winners, you know you got people like Mark Leishman who turn up here every year. Stuart Sink, you know Max Homer, you know they're they're all classic course players really. Um, and he, you know, he led the PGA in greens in reg. He was sixth uh, for again greens at the uh, Memorial, second at the Travellers, second at the Mortgage, um, top twenty at the BMW, and obviously better class. Um, he's not as short as people think. People sort of um, lumber in with some of the shorter. I don't know why. When you think of Brendan Still, I think there's some sort of 45-year-old plodder that's been around forever. <laughs> it looks yeah. like it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. And I think he's been around forever. And when you actually look into his stats, they're... He's decently good. long, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's long. His uh, ball striking is excellent. His accuracy is good, which will help around here. Yeah. Obviously, he has twice when he went in 16, 17. <coughs> Finds greens all the time. Um, and it's purely going to be what he does, you know, on the greens. Um when he won the Texas Open way back, he beat Chapel and Charlie Hoffman, who again both fit into exactly the same category um, that you'd have winning around this course. I, I thought it was actually a fair price. I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I had him down there. He came up second. I thought, oh, you know, I'm a bit not sure here. Uh, and when I looked more and more into it, I thought 50 to 1, top 8 was bloody fair, really. It'd been, it would have been no surprise to me if they'd have put him in at 33-1 to 1 so that people had to make a real hard-line decision on him. Like, I don't think it's that much of a difficult decision now. If you like Brendan Steele and believe he's capable of winning still, there's not going to be a better event for him to win than this one all season long. Like, you talk about the back-to-back wins in 16-17. In 2015, he was first after round one, first after round two, first after round three, and then just shot a 76 on the final day. He opened uh, his account here with a 21st. He was uh, 53rd uh, the year after winning the second time, but was much better placed than that earlier on. When he was 29th in 2020, he was 5th after round 1, 12th after round 2, and 18th after round 3, progressively getting worse. But he just spends an awful lot of time inside that top 10, 12 places at this golf course. Um, just Again, it's just relative, Tom, isn't it? Yeah. You're relative. You know, he's sitting... He's sitting next to somebody like Denny McCarthy, who I like and has a great upside. Ne- never, but never seen it. Up- yeah. He's had a great up. He's had an upside for a, a long time, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that you know, there. When you look at it like that, you think two-time winner, playing really well, striking the ball really well. Um, I, 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 you know, I just thought at the price, it was you know fair enough. Well, Denny McCarthy's been priced a little while now as someone that's like guaranteed to break through for he's had one win hasn't he but he's does he have one win I don't think he has McCarthy no, um, no so again I think it's no he hasn't he won the web.com tour championship yeah. but he's priced as if he's going to be this one that breaks through and and I get it he's a good player well he's got he's... come on sorry he's, he's got that you know the putting reputation which is fair yeah. but when he did come up again I'll go back to Poston because I can virtually remember when he shot that tournament when he came up against him, head to head, it failed. Hmm. Um, and yeah, not granted, yeah, top ten at US Open. I mean, not going to knock it, but um, yeah, four missed cuts here. I, 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 again, it's all relative, isn't it? Um, you know, you, that's what we said about the other tournament. You know, let's look at their prices compared to if Rory wasn't there. Yeah. Would that be any different? <clears throat> um, I just think I think Steele's absolutely proven, and and McCarthy, somebody like McCarthy isn't. 
and therefore somebody's wrong and, and I think it might be the Brendan Steele I agree with you they could have put him at 33, 35 40 tops maybe yeah so to get 50 to 1 top 8 in a in an okay field is, is very fair yeah look they're putting him at 50 to 1 because they want us to go 50 to 1 is really fair and we're going to bet him and he finishes ninth. like that's what people want to happen but you know it is what it is I, I don't see why you should ignore it it's just like I haven't really decided to ignore it with Grillo I think I think with McCarthy when he was playing his best golf it's because his ball striking actually matched his putting for once um, and that's gone off the boil a little bit so um, Tom Hogue yeah, looked at coming back into form uh, that little Valero Texas Open link that you've just alluded to with Brendan Steele um, helps him out a little bit uh, has shown some good life here but I thought he was reasonably short 33 to 1 mainly I definitely definitely believe long term in Taylor Montgomery he's someone I've wanted to back as soon as the PJ Tour come around He's been put in at 50 to 1. I get it. Um, not sure this is the golf course I'm going to take him on. Um, if that you know bites me in the face, then, then it does. Um, Trey Mullinax and Troy Merritt, I both thought were decent prices, and they're two people that I always confuse with one another because they're Trey and Troy and M&M. But um, I think Mullinax just keeps getting, <laughs> keeps getting overlooked a little bit. Like He's still playing good golf after that victory. But it was Justin Sir at these prices or Sir um, that I just, I can't get past. Like, I get that he's a little bit short and I get that you've got to sort of take a price on him. These are his last, well, I don't even, I'm not even going to count the amounts, but his last nine or ten starts. 15th, 11th, 10th, miscut, 7th, 2nd, 5th, 37th, 9th, 1st. That's a hell of a run. I don't care if it's on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like, in, when you get to those Corn Ferry Tour finals, you're getting more PGA Tour guys jumping through. You're getting these guys at a price with him in Taylor Montgomery and things like that. He saw the golf course last year, made the cut. Um, you know, he's a California-born uh, golfer. I don't think he resides there anymore. He's a, a Las Vegas one now, but he's born in San Jose, went to University of South Car- uh, California. So, for me... You've got a California player. You've got someone that's playing, you know, maybe he's peaked and he's got his card and he's going to sort of struggle to adapt. But until he's until he's proven to me that he's he's going to drop out of that form, 50 to 18 places, I think Justin Sir is a big price. Yeah, he's been, he's been um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hyped up a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah. Um, and, and very, very fair. I agree with you. I mean, yeah, look at him. Look at Taylor Pendrith. Um, look at, like you say, Montgomery. Um, they're all they're all that sort of. They're going to do it, aren't they? Yeah. At some point, they're going to do it. Um, yeah, fair enough. It's, it's when you back them. Yeah. And I can't argue with you. I, I really believe, like, if if I could pick one player from the Corn Ferry lot, Taylor Montgomery is the one I will be most interested in for a decent amount of time. Like, it, I'm desperately waiting to to bet him, but I just thought. He was put in at a price this week to put you off doing that, and, and it has put me off it. Um, and, you know, whereas he's been contending every week, Justin Sir's won. So um, I, I just gave him the slight edge. JJ Spawn, I think, is coming back to that form, not how he won so brilliantly, but I don't think it's far off. Like, he was eighth at the Rocket Mortgage, I think it was, that he finished eighth. Finished with uh, 66-65 over the weekend. Um, he was 42nd at the St Jude, but that doesn't tell the whole story, considering he was yeah. going wire to wire at one point. 
Um, you know, bizarre, wasn't it? That was it was really, and and you know that will put people off and say that JJ Spawn has gone back to being JJ Spawn and all that sort of stuff. But then he bounces back after a really disappointing week, opens 68 at the BMW Championship, which is one of the toughest fields in golf. Uh, sitting 13th after day one, uh, you know, backs up with 74. Then again, 67, 70 over the weekend to keep improving his position to get up to 23rd. Like, I think he's playing. You know, plenty fine. Then you go into his course form, and he opened up with a 55th here on his debut, but he was actually better than that. He was 11th at the halfway stage, and this is when JJ Spawn was JJ Spawn that could just get out to a decent position and, and not really follow through. Uh, then he comes back two years later and finishes 41st, but again, he was inside the top 15 after 54 holes, and then he was 9th uh, in 2020 shooting 68 66 68 to finish like i just really like his form line in terms of i think this this is one of those tour tips picks for me specials where i'm going round by round and picking up the odd 66s and 68s that are really impressive as opposed to his total figures but 80 to 18 places for, for jj spawn in an event where there's a lot of unknowns um i'm gonna say he's a california person again but i don't know that uh, for certain, but I think he's a decent price. He, he, he did catch the eye. He should have won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is. He's born in LA as well, so he is. It was bizarre. Considering, yeah, considering when he won, he was absolutely outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Much yeah. bigger stage that time, though, isn't it? <coughs> like FedEx Cup playoffs. Like yeah. that's a that's a big old event, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So then. You mentioned Cameron Champ earlier when you were talking about Cameron Davis. So, do you like Cameron Champ as well? I I, I liked Cameron Champ. Um, mm. He's been tipped up by the biggest tipster in the country, maybe the world, um, which means that his price is is coming in. Yeah. Um, <coughs> that could be a bit of a problem. There's still a bit of, of eight places is fifty. Um, yeah, that'd be as short as I go to. Um, again, he, he made the top 20, if you like. Um, I, I really like the fact that he was. This is the play I was talking about. <laughs> I really like the fact that he was 16th, the 3M 20th, uh, the uh, Rocket Mortgage. Both had around a 75 in them. So uh, they're both, you can't say it like this, but they're both top 10 efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, one here in 2019, I've been 25th the year before. Um, very, very long driver. Um, I, I don't think he's doing anything particularly badly. Let's put it like that. Um, whether that's a, a, a reason to back somebody. He's local, um, so he knows the place very well. I, if he went much shorter than 50, I'd not bother, to be honest with you. Um, he ranks 24th in distance and 23rd in ball striking over the last three months. That's in a, a full field, full PGA Tour field. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's possible. Calling on, a, calling on him a little bit because of the price change but understand why he's coming in that price is probably a fair affection well he's coming that price because Ben's pretty much but, <laughs> um, you know but uh, yeah, I, I thought it looked as though he, he was a better bet at 55 stroke 60 than he should have been yeah so but, he, you know by the time this goes out if you're on at the bigger prices then yeah if not think about it I think he's one of those ones. He's still sixty-five to one as we're talking on Betfair Exchange. Like, if you just want to 
back him, yeah, back him outright. Yeah, like it's probably just a way to do it. He's he's a bit boom or bust, isn't he? So um, upside is there uh, consistently. Probably not. Ches Reevy um, keeps coming up on my list a lot recently, which I don't necessarily like. But you look at it, and he's played this course in each of the eight times that he's been here. In that time, he's never missed the cut. Uh, he was 53rd on debut, but then he's been 33rd or better at each of the renewals since. Best finish came in 2020 when he was third, but he was also 33rd in 2019 when he was fifth going into the final day. He was eighth at the halfway stage in 2017, and he was 10th after 54 holes in 2016. Last year, he opened up for 65 as well. Didn't kick on from it, finished 28th. But, you know, he hasn't finished better than 47th since he won the Barracuda, which, by the way, is also in California. But he's played some decent rounds since then. Started off the BMW Championship well. Um was 6th after day 1, 20th after day 2. 6th on tour over the last 3 months in total accuracy, so that's driving accuracy and greens and regulations. He's 4th in driving accuracy, 33rd in greens and regulations. Shorter course, could suit him, uh, a bit more classical. Last 2 starts in California, 10th at the Genesis, win the Barracuda. We talk about um, the Valeris Texas Open as a bit of a link. Uh, he's played well there in the past as well, uh, I believe. So, all in all, like I just thought that Ches Reevy had a lot going for him. I know that he's not the flashiest guy, and I think he's not someone that you want to rely on too often. But I think there's certain courses where you can, um, and this is probably one. Yeah, I think it's very good. Hmm. And. I also like him for the first round. I know you do your column. Yeah. But, um, he must he must be up there in, he, in betting for the first round leader. Yeah, he'll definitely feature in that, I'd have thought, uh, at least to mention. Um, don't think he is a Valero Texas he's Open. Been, he's played well, actually. But he's got everything he's been, else. He's been first 11th, 15th, 31st, 4th, 22nd round in first round. And obviously, his last few tournaments, he's opened to 67 and 68. Yeah. Oh, those 67s there, actually. Um, I, I actually think you make a very good case for him. And uh, yeah, I, I think if Champ got much shorter, I'd be quite happy to stick my pad each way on chairs instead. Yeah, he just, he's just one of those ones that he looks like he's shortening up and like, well, he's not shortening up yet, but like he looks short enough in the betting, but it's warranted, I think. And you think about, you know, the 10th, uh, sorry, the third at the 2019 US Open as well at Pebble Beach, again, just California, just seems to up his game in this area. So. Um, I did like Ches Reevy there. Not not the flashiest player in the world, but someone that can get it done. Um, so 80 to 1, Unibet, 6 places, 67, uh, 66 places. Oh, my God. 66 won 7 places everywhere else. Um, or 8 places, sorry, is uh, is fine on Ches Reevy. Then there's just a plethora of, of names. Um, it's that type of tournament now where you can look at these 150s, 175 to one shots. You mentioned Chris Gotterup to me earlier. Is that someone you're going to be potentially backing? Yeah, I don't think it's his, I don't think it's his track, but um, yeah, he, he can't putt for Toffee, but my God, he's, he's an outstanding player. Hmm. Um, he, he's got to learn a lot of what to do when he gets on the green um, and around the green, but yeah, I'd expect him to do to do something. This, this wouldn't be where I expect him to do it, but, um, yeah, I expect him to do something. Um, and if we're carrying on at 101, Carl Wan, yep. that's his name. Carl um, Yuan, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, OK. Um, again, that stock's an amazing prospect, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, after some, you you love your uh, Corn Ferry stuff. And Brad, who's not on here, I 
Have you got a list of what he's he No, he hasn't. He hasn't given me a list today. I think he's nursing a oh, couple right. of hangovers. Uh, in in uh, he's away at the moment. So, um, but yeah, It'll be fascinating to, to see as we as we go through um, as we go through the season. But there's there's quite a lot of them, isn't there? Um, there is. You know, um, uh, names Luke List, Cedar Green Merchant. Yeah. Um, he's one that I you know that I I thought would be worth a look at. Perennially, Russell Knox's, but obviously we just cross him out all the time. Uh, Grayson Seager's as straight as anything. It, it, it's, it's not, it wouldn't surprise me to see 800 to one shots be up there, to be mm. honest. Um, but yeah, I've, Scott Pearcey always turns up in my list for bizarre reason. Uh, it's always a good yeah, sign, anyway, isn't yeah. it? Um, uh, it's, it's, there's a couple. Michael Kim, I keep drawing it back. All over the Corn Ferry, coming on the PGA. Uh, he's 125 to one. He played at the same college, I think, maybe even on the same team as Max Homer. Um, so you'd certainly expect him to uh, be able to knock it round here. Um, just Harry Hall is someone that's coming from the Corn Ferry Tour. I just, I think it's one of those ones. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones you can just get. <laughs> it's one of those ones where you can just get carried away. Just like these are your favourite Corn Ferry Tour players. Let's back them uh, and, and hope I mean, they you can. You can do, but I, I don't see it. You can do. I, I've no, I mean, maybe it's not this event, but mm. certainly not very far off. I think you can be. You can say, you know, it, it, you know, we did it with, um, do it every year, really. Do a player to follow yeah, or two players to follow. And, and yeah, you do get runs. Uh, there are, they are there. Um, I'm th- just not sure that this week is one. I just, I just think it's one of those ones where, like, they're at 50 to one this week. Because they're coming off that really good run, like a Justin Sir is, like Taylor Montgomery is, so everyone's expecting them to just adapt really quickly. And I think Grillo won this straight after winning the Tour Championship. I think Smiley Kaufman uh, won an event a couple of weeks after doing it. I think um, someone else, uh, you know, we've seen it. People come straight out of the Corn Ferry and do it. Sung JM wasn't that long into his career before contending, so. It does happen. I just think that these are probably yeah. the lowest prices you're going to get this side of Christmas on them because the hype's around them. And if they meet it, great. If they don't, then they could be a hundreds one next week. Yep. Yeah. Oh, at least, at least, yeah. If they don't do it, they, they just drift out until they start doing so. Yeah. It's only rules out of tour that's parked at 20 to 1, isn't it? Yeah. And for decent reason, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've really got anything else more than that. I think there's there, there's millions that we could just go through and, and, and list names and do things like that. But eventually you've kind of got to, like you say, just rein yourself in, have a system. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the location form just to see if there's anyone that really stood out to me um, in California. As I said, Max Homer, two wins, a seventh and a tenth in his last yeah, six starts in California. Like it, it's, it's really, really good. Um, but also in that list... Uh, Cameron Davis is inside the top ten. He's got a sixth and a third in his, in his last call. five or six starts in a six or seven starts in California. Jason Day loves California, third, fourth, and seventh. Um, yeah, whether you want to do anything with that, you you know, it's up to you. Um, but again, like Maverick McNeely, second, second, seventh, and ninth uh, in recent starts in California. Like, there's just people that that play well in this part of the world, whether it's the the, the surfaces on the greens, whether it's the feeling at home whatever it is um it's there so location form uh for the fortunate championship on tour tips have a little look um, at the california stuff and see whether you like it it's, it's definitely worth looking at there's 
you know the genesis comes up because it's a classical course and you know it's in california so definitely worth perusing those leaderboards i think i think that probably puts a bow on it doesn't it mate unless we unless you have anything else Nope. Nope. Else, right? Cool. So let's go. Uh, let's try and recap these picks that we haven't definitively made yet. The Italian Open. I'm going to go with definitely Masahiro Kawamura at 55 to one. Definitely Matthew Southgate at 100 to one. Definitely Miko Korhonen at 125 to one. Still, I, I was getting closer to Minwoo Lee. Then you put me off of him, but he'll probably be there, uh, Minwoo Lee, for me. So I will say him at 40 to one. Uh, for the sake of the podcast and then for the Fortinet Championship I'm going for Emiliano Grillo at 40 to 1 Justin Sir at 50 to 1 Ches Reevee 66s 70s whatever it is that you can get um, on Ches Reevee now and um, JJ Spawn at 80s for me um, Jason your picks uh, in Italy, um, I've gone Callum Shankwin, uh, Adrian Naus, and Rafa Bayo with a nod to Henry Duplissi if he turns up, <laughs> and probably a regret not backing Lee or Karimura, but I'll let you take the plaudits for that one. Yeah. And over on the uh, Fortinet Safeway, whatever you want to call it, um, Cam Davis, I think, is pretty rock solid. Brendan Steele, um, <coughs> depending, Cameron Champ, not sure. And I, I like, I think you've talked me into Ches Reevy to do something. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. There's a couple of players there as well, like Taylor Moore and Alex Smalley, who I keep just rinse and repeating over the last however many like months now. Um, but they're they're slowly losing my faith. Um, yeah. Endrick looks one, doesn't he? But yeah. But you know, his price is gone, isn't it? Yeah, you, you just don't... You have to have a little bit of a... Um, restraint I guess on, on backing these people over here when, when you do get the win on them it, it's not worth it so um, we shall see but Jace thank you very much as ever mate this is a it was a tough week with a bit of a scattergun approach but um, two enjoyable events to look forward to and uh, we'll come back again next week it won't be long to Vadorama it will not be long to Vadorama something to count down to maybe we'll start crossing off calendars um, Vadorama soon mate